welcome everybody to another episode of the Design 30 Podcast. My name is Jason Bilyeu, and in this podcast, I provide design strategies and tools to improve creativity, innovation, and overall design competence. Real quick, before jumping into this episode, I want to shout out Viper Outdoor Tools, our sponsor, as always. So go check out viperoutdoortools.com and see what new products they have to offer. Okay, this episode will be a little bit different than what I've done in the past. It is going to be a little bit more high level, a little bit more broad, uh, some discussions around the culture, and a little bit more uh, philosophical, I would say, than usual. Uh, So not quite as much design tool heavy, um, but a little bit more high level as uh, some of you may have picked up on with some of my recent posts on Instagram. Uh, I will be titling this episode, well, as you've already seen, if you clicked on it, uh, Design More, Despair Less. And in this part one, I'm going to be discussing the quote-unquote problem. As usual, whenever you want to solve a problem, you first have to understand the problem. And very often when it comes to our cultural uh, discussions around problems or problems that are impacting uh, either society or the world as a whole, uh, we don't really get a very deep description. It's often very surface level. And a lot of the time, that means it's also very inaccurate. Uh, And so when you're trying to understand a problem, especially these higher level ones, um, and when you're teaching it to someone else, I don't think it should result in despair. Uh, And that's something that I would say I've been seeing a lot more of. Um, Really, I mean, kind of throughout my whole high school, college, and now professional career, It's something that I think the media and the news and the way uh, everything depends on clicks nowadays, it definitely leans towards that. It it favors um, having a little bit more intense uh, or scary headlines and and articles just to get those clicks. Um, But I think if you're in your attempt to understand a problem or to help someone else understand a problem, If you're causing them to despair, I think you're doing something wrong, um, or at least something that's unuseful, uh, or maybe you could describe it as counterproductive. Um, And I would define despair in this context as the complete loss or absence of hope. So here are a few of the things that despair does not lead to is creativity. Uh, It's really hard to be creative and come up with crazy, potentially uh, outlandish ideas when you're in a state of despair. It's also difficult to be innovative, especially if you don't have that first step of creativity and a willingness to take risk, then you're not going to be innovative. It also tends to not lead towards compassion or empathy for others because you tend to focus more in on yourself when you're in a state of despair. Uh, You lose motivation. Uh, You tend to have a lack of discipline uh, because what's the meaning? What's the point of it all? 
that's not a very good mindset for being motivated and disciplined. Obviously, if you're in a state of despair, you're not going to be very positive. Uh, and your desire overall to solve the problem or to solve problems in general is going to be a lot less because there's no hope. There's no point in even trying because you're already doomed. Uh, so in very in, initially on when the, the despair is beginning to set in, uh, I think it tends to uh, somewhat initiate kind of your survival insti- instincts. Uh, this, I would say, uh, it increases things like your baseline stress levels, um, which over time tends to demotivate you because it screws with all of your hormone levels, uh, especially dopamine and serotonin, things like that, which are very much connected to your um, your affect and your daily levels of uh, just general happiness or uh, mood, uh, motivation, things like that. Uh, and so it really, it decreases uh, depression, which I think is evidenced by a lot of what we're seeing in society today. And like I mentioned, the problems are made out to be so big that it really does lower your, your motivation to solve them because it's too big. It's too too difficult to solve, perhaps even it's presented as impossible to solve. And so it really develops this, you know, why do we even try? We're all doomed sort of attitude. Uh, And so this also tends to lead towards uh, people who are a little bit more focused potentially on their self because there's no point in focusing on society as a whole because it's already doomed. And it can create a more hedonistic and pleasure-seeking culture. Um, And as I mentioned before, I think there's some strong connections here to decreases in baseline serotonin levels, as well as dopamine, and I'm sure many other hormones. Um, I'm no expert in that sort of thing, but this is uh, from a lot of books I've been reading and podcasts I've been listening to. I, I believe that your serotonin and dopamine levels are very strongly connected to this. Uh, And this is the opposite of what a design mindset should be. Your design mindset, as we'll get into more uh, in this episode and many other episodes, there's very much a positive um, aspect to it, which lends itself to being more creative and being more innovative and taking or a willingness to take risks. Why Why do I think that despair is being taught? Maybe I'm the one who's just uh, beginning to despair and taking these uh, articles or things I'm reading a bit too seriously. Um, so why do I say this? Well, I've seen it a lot throughout my life in school and college. And like I said, in my professional career, um, you see it in classrooms, on social media, even conversations in the coffee shop, so much of it is centered around these, you know, these huge problems, climate change and, and nuclear war, things like that. And I think there's a tendency, we would probably all agree with this, that on social media, there's a strong tendency towards these, uh, these things that cause stress. Uh, they really push the negative aspects of life. Obviously, these are things that get more clicks. Um, so that may make sense, uh, just due to the way, uh, the pay structure and the way these programs or these websites work, but it's so often depressing and focuses so much on how 
bad things are rather than the opportunities or the potential ways that these problems could be solved. For example, I, I just was kind of perusing through the internet, looking at a few different things. And I just want to give a few examples of the types of headlines that I'm referring to, which I'm sure many of you have already seen and you see every day. So for example, on the topic of climate change, uh, one headline from the Washington Post says, the climate news is bad, the climate reality is worse. Later in that article, uh, they say the climate news is as grim as ever. It uh, precipitates a dangerous future of extreme weather, rising sea levels, and endless suffering. Um, yeah, and then later on in another article, uh, it says, this one's from the New York Times. We have lost our chance to forestall disaster, and there are reasons, <laughs> and there are reasons to fear the world to come. And this one was actually at the end of an article that was fairly positive and looking at uh, climate change in a very realistic way and understanding the pros and cons of switching to different forms of green energy and what that actually entails for all the people involved and how realistic it is. But still, like towards the end of this article, it's very depressing in a way. Oh, you know, we've lost our chance to forestall disaster. So disaster's coming no matter what. Um, how is this going to prompt anything other than despair? And then, of course, right now with everything that is going on in the world and in Russia in particular, uh, there's this whole nuclear war idea being thrown around, which, of course, that causes some despair. It's you know, potentially the uh, devastating consequences. And that's often connected also with nuclear energy when it really shouldn't be where nuclear energy is really this positive uh if it's done correctly tool that could solve a lot of the world's problems but it's often brought up in this context of uh, either all of the problems that have come from nuclear energy in the past whether that's chernobyl um, or fukushima things like that or it's connected to nuclear war and it's it's again just this very negative connotation with it when there's so much positive that could be uh, surrounded, uh, so much positive that can be taken from uh, what nuclear energy could provide to society. And then another one we see right now, a ton of, especially in the United States, is uh, problems with guns and gun control. And you hear about different shootings every single day and hear extreme policies from both sides of uh, the political realm. And really, they're just doing political posturing. They're not actually providing real solutions uh, to the issue. So that leads to this very, I don't know, negative mindset, I would say. I mean, I don't think it's just me. I think you can see it uh, in society as a whole with this, you know, all the rise in mental health issues and, and deaths of despair, which uh, is another name for uh, people who die of overdoses from opioids. Um, another topic that you'll see a ton of, uh, especially this time of year with voting coming up soon in the United States is overall trust in the voting system and trust in our democracy and both sides every year or every election cycle say it's the end of democracy. If you don't vote for my person or you're voting to save democracy, 
Um, there's no discussion of rational ways to actually improve society's trust in the voting system while maintaining good access to voting. And that's, I mean, that's a awesome design problem right there. It's just figuring out, uh, you have to understand human psychology and understand these different ways of voting, whether that's electronic or in person, and how can you make design that in such a way to, uh, you know, create confidence and have people trust that their vote is being counted and that there's nothing fishy going on. And that's super important to a democratic society. And there, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there because I tend to, I like to look at these problems and then think about all of the potential uh, cool solutions that could come out of it. Uh, and I think that's really where the teaching should focus. Um, but again, this episode is on the problem, so I apologize if it's a little bit depressing, uh, but I promise it will get more positive in episodes to come. Uh, so stay tuned for part two. Uh, but yeah, so diving back into this this topic, so much of the media and news and social media, it all pushes this despair. Everything is dramatized and sensationalized to get clicks. And again, I mean, it makes sense the way everything is set up. You make money off clicks. So perhaps here's another opportunity. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself of just how do you design um, a new way to present news to people? And how do you come up with new ways to monetize it that don't, uh, how, would you, how would you put it? that don't encourage people to dramatize and sensationalize and, and have inaccurate uh, titles just to get someone to click on the article. Uh, I think that's a whole design problem in itself. Um, this, so in a little bit of a summary, this leads to statements like, climate change is too far gone, we're all doomed. Nuclear war is on the brink, we're all doomed. Uh, there's too many guns in the world, we're all doomed. We can't trust elections. Democracy is dead. We are all doomed. And, and why would we expect this to be motivating to, especially the next generation, or really to anyone? Uh, where is where's the positivity? Where's the potential to uh, adventure and to solve these huge problems that are facing society? There's just so much time spent talking about these things. Uh, also, overpopulation how people who have a high standard of living are destroying the world. And it really is depressing. It can really wear on you over time. And I really think it's causing a lot of this despair, especially in younger people. And I would, I don't know, I would count myself in that. I'm only 29, so still somewhat young, maybe not. But I definitely feel it. And I felt it for the last 10, 15 years of the more and more I learn about these things. The more and more I'm taught, it really comes out as a very desperate, depressing, whatever whatever other D word you can think of. It's just it's very difficult to have a positive, can-do, problem-solving sort of attitude. Um, I think some of the evidence of this is shown in, like I mentioned earlier, things like the opioid epidemic that's hitting the U.S. and it's hitting especially hard on younger people. I think it's the number one leading cause of death for, I'm going to get the statistic wrong, but it's somewhere for like 20 year olds to 45 year olds, somewhere in that, in that region, which is crazy. Uh, I really think that's part of, uh, it's a symptom of a society that's in despair. 
And of course, look at just the mental health problems that are afflicting youth in the United States and really all over the world. It's really, I don't know, I think there are reasons for this. And a big part of it is what is being pushed, what's being taught, and the way in which it's being taught to the younger generation, uh, my generation, lots of generations. Uh, In pushing this doom, it creates this despair that I'm talking about. It doesn't create confidence in our ability to solve problems, uh, which humans are actually incredibly good at. Solving problems is it's kind of what we do and what we've done for hundreds of thousands of years. It's, you know, we're, we're really good at solving problems. And so uh, there's, there's something to be encouraged about there. And there's a reason to be positive. Um, so we shouldn't look at it so much in this, there's a lot of these problems we shouldn't look at as these fatalistic existential problems. Of course, some of them nuclear war is, potentially an existential problem. But if you're so focused on that, you're not going to be able to solve uh, the real problems that you have the capability of solving, that you have the potential to solve. Um, So there's this focus that I think needs to shift. Uh, You're not looking so much at problems, but you're looking at potential. There's so much potential, so much opportunity for the next generation to improve the world in radical ways. Um, And what are these opportunities? Well, as I mentioned, you're going to have to wait until the next episode for me to dive into those. Um, This episode is much more focused on, as I said, the problem. And it's a lot more depressing than I hope most of my podcasts are. But I think it's important to think about it's important to wrestle with a little bit. And I, I think it's somewhat obvious. We're all aware of this. We're all aware of all this negativity that's being pushed and especially this negativity that's being pushed on our children, uh, often through social media, but it's not all on social media. Uh, and at the end of the day, who's on social media? It's us. So you also have to look at yourself in the mirror and see how you're um, interacting with other people what kind of energy that you're putting out into the world, uh, what kind of uh, energy are you giving to your children? Is it positive? Is it uh, helping them to see the different ways at which they can improve the world, how they can contribute to society in a positive way? Or is it more of this doom and gloom? We're all kind of screwed. So just do what what makes you feel good, uh, what's pleasurable, and just get while the getting's good sort of idea. Um, So yeah, that's basically all I have for this week. I hope it wasn't too depressing, uh, but please stay tuned for next week. I promise it'll be a more uplifting and encouraging episode. Um, So yeah, that's that's where I'm going to leave it for now. Um, As always, stay tuned in to the Design30 Instagram, which is at LearnDesign30, the YouTube channel, Learn Design 30. Uh, I'm hoping to get another uh, couple publications out on the Design 30 Substack here very soon. Uh, so make sure to sign up for that so you can get those directly in your inbox. And as always, want to say thanks again to the sponsor of the podcast, which is Viper Outdoor Tools. And I know that they have trowels for sale right now 
which I will be doing a design review of and comparing it to some other popular trowels out there on the market. So pay attention to the Design 30 YouTube channel for that. And yeah, okay, I kept it to about, well, it looks like around 20 minutes under the 30 minute cap. So I'm gonna call that an episode. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening and make sure to tune in next week.